Show. Hi, this is Rachel. And this is Natalie. And we are the Insta Mamas. We are sisters with a podcast and we talk about everything from faith, healthy, clean living, adoption, foster care, motherhood, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. So I know it's been a little while. We haven't been able to post a new podcast pretty much since soon after I got back from India from our adoption. So um, we just want to talk to you about what's been going on in this season. It's been kind of a crazy time. For um, everyone. For everyone, yeah, during this quarantine and and uh, depending on your state, what it's looking like opening up now. So Rachel and I just wanted to kind of just check base with you guys. And then we have a really awesome topic. We're going to talk about loneliness and motherhood, which many moms might be feeling doubly right now. Sounds really sad, but we're actually going to have some laughs and stuff along the way too. So mm-hmm. um, if you want to follow us, we actually have our own Instagram. It's called Instamamas Nat and Rach. It's, that's right, isn't it? Nat and Ratch. Yeah. Nat and Ratch. So um, you, we, I, we were kind of doing it on our personal pages, but we finally got to a point where um, we just wanted to have um, our own. So we try to, we're trying to do some more lives. We are trying to have recipes. What are some other things we do? We have lots of food pictures and, and uh, active pictures. Because one of my hashtags, I try to say active, mo- active family, healthy family, um, you know, because we're we are not arrived, but we are mm-hmm. trying. So, yeah. So, Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your quarantine experience has been, some of the challenges, and how you were able to overcome them, or what you're still dealing with? Well, um, I'm an assistant teacher over at uh, Montessori School, and my biggest thing was saying goodbye to my kids. It's so hard being on Zoom. And the first week that we went to, di- they call it distance learning. Which moms who are having to distance learn their children. I don't even know how you were able to do that. Bless you, bless you. The lead teacher in the fourth through sixth grade room that I work in, she was incredible the way that she handled it and everything. But the first week we went to distance learning, I had to, I was a part of that and trying to do office hours and help kids with homework while having a two year old about to become a three year old. And I love my niece. And she is so much energy. So can you imagine so all these energy. moms that are working full-time and used to have daycare, and all of a sudden they're having to work from home and take care of their children. Mm-hmm. It was almost impossible. Y'all are amazing. That's and cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Motherhood has been tested in this season. Yes, it has. Amen. But when I got put in for low, all of a sudden it was like, I'm... For low? For low? When I got put in for low... <laughs> I became a Texan. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, for I low. don't know how I'm going to do this. How am I going to have enough money? You know, but luckily unemployment was like, here, here's some well, extra money. So I'm like... <laughs> can I say that I'm just really impressed with, uh, gosh, how faithful you were? Like, you, you, it would have been really easy for you to been... And we saw this on like some mom's groups on Facebook and things like that where... Everyone was just kind of freaking out and really scared. But I'm really proud of Rachel. She kept her head and she's like, okay, how are we going to make it work? What are we going to do for groceries? How am I going to budget? Where are we going to change the budget here? So I was really proud of you for doing oh, that. Oh, thanks, Nat. And, well, that's the Lord. I mean, before I would have spiraled out and gone into panic mode and tried to do all these things on my own. But the Lord just said, I'm going to take care of you. And he did. My mom's Bible study group that I go to brought me a care package. And then unemployment after a couple weeks did kick in. And that was a huge blessing. Was able to catch up on stuff and pay some stuff off. So that was really nice. And it gave me time with my daughter. I miss being able to be a stay-at-home mom. But then it just, it really did give me this gift of time with her. At first, we butt heads. And we were not used to being home together. And I said, oh, Lord Jesus, somebody else put my daughter down for a nap. Or somebody else <laughs> made her all these meals, you know. Because you but, have to be on all the time. All it's the time. you and her. And you know, because so. even at work, you get a break. Like, yeah. you go take a break during work. But here, it's like, no, there's no break. You're with your daughter 24-7 all the time. But it ended up being a really big gift. The thing that helped was... Once the weather started getting really nice, we just went outside every day. We time. went on a hike. We went on bike rides. And we just had this just special time together. It was, like, depressing every time we drove by the park, though, because it was, like, go to the park? Yeah. No. no. The she park's closed. The park is closed? I'm like, explain? I know. The park is closed. Yeah. But, so how was, 
And well, and Natalie and I got to spend so much time together. Yeah, That's we weren't about to quarantine from each other. Yeah, so. we did a little bit when you went to go see your in-laws because they're older. Natalie did. Yeah. Just so. for extra safety precautions, we had a two weeks in there where we didn't see each other. But, but we kind of just decided, you know, like it was really important <clears throat> that we spent time. And for our girls, they were having no interaction with other people and mm-hmm. so it, it, yeah anyways it turned out to be really good and just having a different house to go to my daughter um she doesn't speak very much english she's starting to understand a lot now mm-hmm. but she would go and stand by the garage door and like hit on it like mom when are we gonna go and i'm like there's nowhere to go even if we wanted to so all of her therapy appointments were canceled mm. all of her um because uh, she's in occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech therapy. And then she has a lot of doctor's appointments just because we're dealing with some health issues. And so um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, I did go into a little bit of a depression for part of that because I just felt like all these therapies and all these doctors that were helping me, all of a sudden I was doing it by myself. And I just mm-hmm. had this long list of things. Okay, if I don't do this, my child's eyesight's not going to get better. If I don't, and I just felt so much pressure to do it and it felt very lonely and so um Mm. but then I just kind of got to the point where I'm like okay no this isn't all on me you know um I have my sister and she I'm so seriously she came and like weeded my garden and we planted tomatoes and just um tried not to focus on all the hard difficult things going on in the world and just um focus on I actually got a gift you know it was a gift to be stuck in a hotel room with my daughter for six weeks in, and my husband for six weeks in India, you know, it was, um, it, we, it was a blessing to be quarantined with them for several months because my husband got to work from home. We didn't lose any income, which is amazing. And so it was this gift from God to have this extra time with my husband. He could just pop out of the room. Um, at first I wanted to like kill him because he was working in the living room. <laughs> I think a lot of moms felt that way. Our other sister was like, I just made my husband have his office downstairs. I was like, don't come up here during the day. Can they come up for lunch? Okay. Yeah. Well, because like I'm used to having my schedules throughout the day and, and he would come out and be like, what you doing? What you doing? What you doing? I'm like, honey, like quit asking me a thousand questions. I'm taking care of our kid. Like anyways, I love my husband and he's amazing and don't get me wrong but he he got to come out and snuggle our daughter and she and i i was like if we ever you know have any more kids they're not going to get the one-on-one time that that serbia's gotten with me and her dad so mm-hmm. um i i was angry and i was frustrated with the quarantine but then i realized um it's actually it was a really a special time for us to get to know each other better and i'm so glad the weather changed um and then her grandparents actually bought her her great-grandparents purchased for her a um a swing swing set set. so we were able to get outside and challenge both of them got to use and the the parks being closed having a slide it was seriously a lifesaver and and there were some hard things like um my husband's grandmother passed away not from covid just she was older and and rachel and i um had a loss in our family too and so you know, when you can't have funerals, when you can't, mm, you know, mm-hmm. there's things that we so take for granted in our daily lives. And, you know, even going to the grocery store was a whole thing. It mm-hmm. was it was kind of fear-inducing. And, like, a lot of times my husband could stay home with my daughter, but you had to take Ariana with you. Like, Yeah, and the cruel, the, what's so weird is when we're going through a crisis in our country, it's so important to remember to love. The Bible even says, in the end, the love of most will grow cold. Mm -hmm. And you would think something like this would bring people together. And I love seeing signs that say stronger together, a community together. And people decorating their houses. Apart together. But, I mean, it's so disheartening when you go into a store, and I'm by myself most of the time, Mm -hmm. and um, Ariana's dad works out of town, and so it's mostly I'm by myself most of the time. And putting her in a – I would put her in the backpack, and carry her in so she's not touching everything but there'd be some people who would give me some pretty cruel looks or say things and it's just oh people be careful what you say you never know and that little girl is so precious and she's singing songs and and people are missing out on the joy and that's what i realized i was missing out on the joy of my beautiful daughter and so Mm -hmm. um we did a couple things we're going to talk about it later in the podcast ways to like combat your loneliness Mm -hmm. um as a mother but one of the things we did is uh, uh, a friend of ours and Rachel and I 
got together. We had got a bunch of magazines and markers. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at Rachel's vision board right now. And we made a vision board and we just put stuff on there like Bible verses and then like just like words like eat well and and things because long story long but I got a parasite while we were in India and I had it for four months oh so I think goodness. that was contributing to my depression too because I was I was sick over and over and over again and I just couldn't get I couldn't pass the parasite it's sorry if that's gross but so be very careful when you and travel you saw, like the different doctors and also most people think oh I wish I could get a parasite so I could lose a bunch of weight but it doesn't, it doesn't work, work like that you it takes all your nutrition weight. so everything you eat doesn't go to help your body so you were not only dealing with these stomach pains like I remember you were in horrible like doubled mm-hmm. over in pain sometimes you were dealing with these horrible pains from the parasite but then also you were hungry all the time and no matter how much you ate you weren't being satisfied mm-hmm. so that right there derailed her from mm-hmm. her weight loss you were able to maintain you look great I'm looking at you right now girl you look great <laughs> I was but. gonna say the same thing because I'm looking at Rachel's vision board right now and and she has some really funny stuff like um you know <laughs> be food smart oh I thought it said good smart I was like that doesn't make sense <laughs> oh, but you know smart. she has like some lettuce that she <laughs> cut out of a magazine and it's very beautiful Rachel um but you know just be- it looks like a fourth grader made it <laughs> yeah so we have a friend and she made one too and hers looks like a professional designer oh like. yeah she's so crafty like and mine literally it's like who did ariana help you cut this out no i did <laughs> like mine looks like a ransom note but but <laughs> i put i cut out things like gut health and i put a little like you know picture of a toilet and then I, rachel put some like lettuce on hers and i put like some greens because we're trying to eat healthy and be and be good and Rachel has a picture of a gal um, doing yoga. So, and a bunch of hearts, you know, make time for romance, things like that. So, um, time for romance. <laughs> which, so, um, I, I, it's a silly activity and it was so fun while we did it. Like, we just, well, and we laughed. Like, mm-hmm. we'd see pictures of certain stuff and we'd be like, oh, this is ridiculous. Uh, Natalie found a picture of a guy and was like, oh, here's a vision for you. I'm like, it was just really funny. I was just like, oh. Yeah, and we were, uh, yeah, so just visions for our children and our families and, and some verses that we shared with one another. You know, read more books. Whatever your goal is, um, it's really fun to make a vision board. And then put it somewhere you can see. I put mine next to my washing machine because I, I spend more time with my washing machine than my husband. <laughs> yeah. So, like, oh, that sounded weird. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have about six loads of laundry upstairs ready to be folded. Uh, you didn't I, do it yesterday? I did not. I did the laundry. I just didn't fold it. Put it yeah, away. Those are two different chores for yeah. two different days. But, so, yeah. So, I really, that helped me kind of get out of my funk, honestly. Like, and then just looking at that often and remembering it. Um. So, yeah, well, let's kind of get into our topic for today. I know we've been talking a little bit already, but loneliness and motherhood. This has been on my heart because Mm. it just seems like it is Satan's, like, plan for moms to be lonely, Mm -hmm. which I think is a strategy in our culture that works really well because whether you're a working mom, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're, like, a mom with a side hustle or you're a single mom or a mom with a husband, or or maybe your mom and your husband isn't very present, or he or works a mom all the time. whose kids are grown up and out of the house. Yeah, we we often focus on young motherhood, but yeah, we've made some friends mom. with some some moms who have older children, and our mom, who you know they still have one at home, but you know they miss their grandkids dearly, and especially during this time where you can't travel and mm-hmm. visit people, or even moms of teenagers who want to spend time with their friends all the time and not really do much family stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so many whatever season of life you find yourself in, you're gonna experience some loneliness, and we just wanted to talk on that a little bit. Um, so Rachel, why don't you talk about kind of being the perspective of a working mom, and kind of what you've experienced with that with loneliness and dealing with it well here's the funny thing I've done both I've been a stay-at-home mom I've been a working mom but even when I was a stay-at-home mom I had a lot of children who had a lot of needs physical therapy occupational therapy all the therapies you could think of so technically even though her full-time job was like driving kids to therapy yeah I had one kiddo who had in who had outpatient um 
rehab. And so she had rehab every single day in the afternoon. And so I would have to drive her every day, then pick up kids from school, take them to school. So, I mean, it was a lot. So, I mean, there was times. But I would say I was happiest as a stay-at-home mom. I really loved being home with my kids. Right now in my situation, I do have to work, but God has blessed me so much that I have a job that I love, and I love my daytime kids, and they fill me up, and they give me a purpose. Um, I think the hardest part about being a working mom is just that you feel as though you have all these tasks to do, you know? You don't have time in the day to come home and clean the house, or you don't have time, oh, I'm gonna get this laundry done. It's, ugh, I have to wait for the weekend for that. I have to wait for the weekend for that. So I feel like there's a little bit more of discipline as well, too, because, so on Sundays, I do all my meal prep for the week because I don't get home till about six, between 6, 15, 6.30, and by the time I get home, I don't have time to make a full meal from, fr- or the brain space like, or yeah i'm like so it's nice when i can just pull out stuffed peppers from the fridge and put them in the oven and not have to think about it and then they're done um the lonely part is you miss out on certain things like my sister and her friends will go they'll meet up at 10 o'clock in the morning and have mom's group and sorry i can't show up to the mom's group and even the mom's group in our church meets during the week and not a lot of moms want to meet in the evening because that's when their husbands are home and that's when they're having family time that's when they're doing bedtime routine which I totally get because my toddler if she doesn't have her bedtime routine it throws her off even for the next day so I feel the loneliness there is sometimes you see all your friends hanging out going to the lake on a Tuesday afternoon and I have to miss out on that stuff but Mm -hmm. and that's where the loneliness comes in so that's when I have to be really intentional on the weekend or on a Friday evening to be hey, I need to hang out with some of my mom friends. And Friday night will come along and I'll get a text from a friend that says, hey, you want to come over for dinner? And I'll be exhausted. And I honestly will want to say no. I'd rather just sit at home and eat some homemade keto ice cream. But that's not going to be the healthiest for me because then I'm like in my own thoughts. And so instead I'll say, yeah, okay, yeah, that sounds fun. And then afterwards I feel so filled. And I'm so glad that I went, even though everything in me was like, just stay home. You are exhausted. Well, don't you think there's some pressure for working moms, like, to have it all? Like, mm-hmm. you chose this, so, like, you have to make it work. Like, your mm-hmm. kids should always look perfect. Your kids should always, you know, you have way less time for discipline and for those kinds of things. So I don't even know how you do it, but do you feel like societal pressure I feel more pressure, not so much as a working mom, but as a mom doing things by myself. Mm. Because if my kid's hair is a little bit messed up, or if they're having a tantrum, or they're getting pulled into the principal's office at school, that's when I start to feel the pressure. And I think that's more on myself, that I have to give myself grace. And I think, oh, what's everybody thinking of me? What are they thinking about my parenting? Oh, are they thinking that I'm being too harsh, or am I being too soft with my kid? Because I'll know the other day I was at school, work and I was getting off my shift and I was coming around the corner and I could hear her screaming at her teacher like she wasn't going to put on her shoes and all of a sudden I'm starting to panic like okay I have to be this good mom I have to come in with all this authority or I have to come in with less authority like how am I going to handle this situation it's just like relax like you're the one putting all this pressure on yourself and I think women are expected to do it all we're expected to contribute financially and then we're expected to keep a clean house and then we're expected to have children who have the perfect balance of nutrition and blah 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 and there's always a new article like about sleep about vaccines about this and as a dry drowning which oh i know it started oh like like, my kid's not allowed to take baths anymore like there are a hundred million ways for my child to die or oh what is this this is a new development why are they doing this or i need help with this and it can just feel so overwhelming you know Mm -hmm. yeah and we'll we'll talk about um some more uh ways of combating but that's great rachel i feel like recognizing that and then being like okay god Show me what is actual conviction and what I need to like. Oh, yeah. And I totally went off on a tangent from what you've asked me because you asked about loneliness. And so what I'm coming down to with the loneliness as a working mom, Mm -hmm. you find you have to be a lot more disciplined in your time with hanging out with your friends. And you got to do it. Fake it till you make it, maybe. 
you know and right now i'm looking for a jogging buddy that would like to go on jogs with and me it ain't work. me <laughs> yeah. so that's something i can pray about too like if you go to work a little bit later in the day and you have time in the mornings call a friend and say hey do you want to go on a morning walk together before we have to go to work and or after work even even you though know you're tired just I'm say hey jog. let's meet at the park and have dinner at the park Mm-hmm. You have to feed your kid dinner anyways. Mm-hmm. Might as well do it at the park after work. Yeah. Or, you know, even make it easier. Because your mom friends are having a hard time, too, and being like, can I just bring a picnic lunch and can we just hang out at your house and do it? You know, sometimes mm-hmm. just being like, let's do the easy thing. And, and uh, like, we had dinner with a friend the other day, and it was easy. Like, we just all kind of brought something and threw it together. Mm-hmm. And, we, and, and she was kind of like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't do something more mm-hmm. special or from scratch. And I'm like... Uh, no, like us around this table enjoying life together is more important than, than spending two hours in the kitchen trying to make the perfect And then meal. having to spend two hours after cleaning up. And honestly, I like going over to Natalie's house and making dinner for them. Oh, and we love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, can I just come make dinner at your house? You know why? Because she watches my kid for me while I cook in the kitchen. And I love cooking, but Rachel's like a way more creative cook. Like we've talked about this. I'll just have like pepperoni and like... Mm-hmm. carrots and that's my dinner and it's lame and then Rachel will make like a five course meal so anyways um so let's transition and talk about stay-at-home moms a little yes. bit so um I have been a stay-at-home mom for six months since we got our daughter and um we do plan to do a whole other episode on just stay-at-home versus working and but it was I, I um I feel the loneliness in like you're just at your house all the time and especially during the quarantine but even before the quarantine I think a lot of moms felt this way because it's especially when your kids are little it's a lot of work to get them in the car seat make sure you I have to pack diapers I have to um, we found out my daughter has asthma so now I'm packing an inhaler I'm you know all these different things and so it's just I have this list running in my mind and then we get in the car and then she like poops her diaper and so then we have to get back out of the car and then I need to clean her up real quick and then you know while I'm throwing it away I realize that this is so I just feel like I'm kind of uh, especially at first I just felt consumed like I didn't want to leave the house till the house was completely clean and all my projects were done and then it was never happening days and days would go by and none of my and I wouldn't be able to get my projects done because I have a three-year-old who needs me to cuddle her and spend time with her and and make her feel okay and and so um, I started to feel really isolated and lonely and it is hard because you have other friends that are probably feeling the same way but you're like oh I'd have people come over to my house but it's messy or you know or maybe people don't want to invite you to their house because they think it's messy and I finally had to get to the point where like obviously my house isn't like trashed but like I have my certain things that I do every day and then at any time I can invite someone over and be totally comfortable and but then sometimes be like there's laundry on the couch like sorry that's life and I think our mom friends understand that though yeah but the loneliness I feel I think is making an effort to see people and then like it's a lot of work for me to take my daughter places and so Mm-hmm. That it's, I feel like some moms are like, well, it's just easier to stay home. But then you get in this loop of, mm-hmm. well, and Rachel and I were talking about this and in the olden times, it wasn't like this. I'm like, is this a modern problem? I mean, I'm guessing people have always felt lonely and, um, especially moms, but I don't know, maybe Rachel can talk a little bit about how women used to kind of relate to one another and do life together. Well, I think because, of course, I'm not going to say anything against women who choose to have a career because I work and there's a lot of women who are fantastic moms who have careers. And but back in the day, women didn't go out and they were together. They were together making clothes they were together making bread like women were in community with each other on a daily basis they weren't just in their house by themselves doing all these projects they were out all together maybe out in the field doing stuff maybe in all cultures if you look in all cultures around the world womenhood used to be very strong and I kind of feel and this could just be personally that instead of women coming together it's more become a competition Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I have my master's degree in this. Oh, well, I got, I started my career at this age. I climbed the corporate ladder, which is wonderful because women have broken the glass ceiling and that's so awesome and it's amazing what women have done. But then I feel... We went too far. 
the other way. But then now, if you're just a stay-at-home mom, or if you just don't have any aspirations except to be a mom, that's kind of looked down upon. Which I, I used to feel that way myself as a career-driven. I'm like, why did I go to a college? Why did I work so hard for my grades if I was just going to stay home? And then God did a work in my heart. And even my husband yesterday is like, he's like, Natalie, do you realize how much we value the fact that you're staying home with our child? That I have the brain space. I use all that education I got um, to like research things and be an advocate for my daughter. And and um, I'm using those skills and I'm still learning. But like, yeah, I, I felt and even in my own head that I was. we were saying just stay at home mom. And it's like, no, it's something in our culture we really need to value. Yeah, because even when you go and talk to other people, you say, oh, what do you do for your career? Oh, well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, but I was a teacher. It's like you have to have that extra thing to let people mm-hmm. know. Don't worry, I'm not just a stay-at-home mom. I have an education, and which we value education as well. I'm starting up at BSU this fall. Oh, yeah. Go Blue! I said that in the beginning <laughs> announcement. Yeah. That is exciting. So I'm excited for that. Um, but And that's because that will open up a world for me to get certified as a Montessori teacher and then have the whole summers off with So ultimately, it's so she can be a stay-at-home mom so for I can... a part of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think because of my education and because of my five years of working as a teacher, it made me, it's made me a better mom. Mm-hmm. But I did look down on it, and I think, and, and it used to not be this way. Women worked together. So the things that I think, like you said, make us lonely in motherhood, like competition or, you know. Oh, we constantly compare ourselves to other moms. Or comparing on I notice media. I do it all the time. Like, there is a mom at our church who's absolutely gorgeous and always put together. Like, her hair is always done, mm-hmm. her makeup, and her kids always look adorable, and they're always super well-behaved. And I just think, oh, my gosh. But, but she would probably be the first to tell you, like, I haven't cleaned my bathroom in three weeks. I don't know if it's that specific yeah. thing. But, you know, But comparison is the thief of joy. I've noticed that. Comparison is the thief of joy. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just no, I know I, exactly. And, well, I look at Rachel's Instagram even, and I'm like, oh, gosh, like, I wish I could go hiking, and I wish I could do this. And I would, and it's like, no, like, God has created you for the things you're doing, and we have to, we have to look at our own strengths and our own weaknesses and then um, not compare each other, but let's come together. Let's let's weave blankets together metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, let's let's cook meals together. Like maybe you know, this could be to come to say maybe it's stressful for your friend she to leave her house, but it's also stressful to invite people over for dinner. But say, hey, I bought these two pizzas. Can I come over and we just eat at your house? Or I've gone to my friend's house and just offered to do the dishes. Like, notice, oh, their dishes are really cool. Or just start doing them. Yeah, like, (laughs) some people don't know how to ask for help either or don't feel comfortable. But we need to help each other as women. Mm -hmm. And um, And Rachel's a really gifted, quick cleaner. I'm really slow at cleaning. And I have to take a lot of breaks because of some of my health conditions. I was like, well, have you seen my car? It looks like... One of my students told me it just looks like a homeless person lives in there. That, yeah. And it, when you get in, she's like, that person's like, oh, yeah, just move that. Like, It's that. okay if your feet are on that. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh. There's my high school diploma. It's okay. It's just like, throw it back there. Why is it in your car? First of all, you're like in your 30s. But um, so Rachel's choking on her gallon of water. She's Rachel, Okay, this has nothing to do with the podcast. But Rachel like bought this half-gallon water bottle. And she like drinks it like it's a normal cup of water. And it's humongous. So anyways, we both try to get a gallon of water. I got to get that gallon in. But, you know, even if you look at our Instagram, it looks like we're really happy and like eating all the, you know, and it's like, well, we're only, we're editing to put the good stuff on. Yeah, nobody puts you cleaning up cat puke when you wake up in the morning. Rachel was doing when I came over. After you stepped in it and you're like, ugh. You know, nobody shows that part. Nobody shows how it took you an hour to get your kid to sleep because they were just screaming and they're so off their routine and they're overly tired. Like, nobody puts those things on. And, And social media... That's the thing with social media is that can lead to loneliness too because when we talk about comparison as a thief of joy, people only put their positive things. Some people rant. Some you know you know the and people. Some people's like I have this and it really hurts and you're like why are you complaining about that on Facebook? But yeah, some people will write novels about all that's going on in their lives and you see those people and those people need supported as well. So social media can be. A very positive thing to reach out to people to share your faith to share bible verses to lead people to the lord now all of a sudden more people are watching online church than ever before which and is amazing more people are being brought to the light but it's also 
so dangerous. Not only because of how time-consuming it is, and I'm going to sound like a total hypocrite, I've actually been praying about deactivating my Facebook just because I spend so much time in it. And it's an addiction. Like, I wake up in the morning, and I want to check my Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, did everyone see my pictures of my hike? Did everyone... But they also don't see, I posted a picture of us hiking the other day, mm-hmm. and we went up some big major stairs, and Ariana screamed the whole way up. And I have just injured my shoulder, so I couldn't carry her like I normally would do if she starts to get tired on a hike. And I knew she wasn't tired. I think she was just throwing a fit. She wanted to play on the playground. And I always say, hike first, then we go play on the playground. But she was screaming. And people were looking at me like I was an awful mom. You're like, like walk up these stairs. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, I kept saying, you can do it. I know you can walk up these stairs, which she totally can. She's walked up those stairs a couple of times. Last time we did it was in 90 degree weather. So I'm yeah. like, you can walk up these stairs. And it was, you were and way And you try to teach your daughter, like, we do hard things. Yeah, and you we know? can do them. And then we'd be proud of ourselves. But nobody saw that part. They just saw this beautiful little girl up on the rocks, like, so happy you know we don't see the other part of it you don't see how frustrated I was and I started to complain like oh gosh I just wish I could go on some of these hikes by myself like if I didn't have my kid with me then I could go further and I could go faster and then I'm like okay sorry god like bring it back in and so social media can be very harmful if it's and, not and used it's, in yeah. the right way so I say I also am learning turn the narrative so I get jealous of Rachel I'm like oh She's so strong. She does these hikes. And then, but turn the narrative. It's like she has so little time with her daughter that she has to make every minute count. And so she goes on a lot of adventures and she does all these things, all these things. um, And she has to make every minute count. Whereas I have, I'm not, it's not like I'm not busy because I'm a stay at home mom. Any stay at home mom knows that you're working from sun up to sundown. But I realize my time is a little bit more, um, uh, mine. I kind of get to decide when I get things done in the day. Mm-hmm. And so I can sit and just cuddle my daughter and read my Bible. I have, I've never had more time to study the Bible than I have now in this season. And yeah. I don't want to waste that time. And so, and it's really easy to be like, oh, poor me. I'm at home all day. I'm cleaning and cleaning up dirty diapers. And it's just, you know, it's this and this. And my to-do list never gets smaller. Or I can say, you know what? I, or you know, and, and the other thing with stay-at-home mom is it's not always like, you don't always get the instant gratification. When I was a teacher, I got like reviews and students and I always felt like I was doing a good job and I knew I was doing a good job and I could check things off of lists all the time. And mm-hmm. I think God was fine, like, um, I'm going to take your pride away, Natalie. And like, you're going to like the, the most important thing you did today was like cuddle your daughter and yeah. you got nothing else done. But it's okay because for the first couple years of her life, she didn't have me to cuddle. And I don't know what her life was. And so instead of being angry or like resenting my life or lonely, pulling my daughter in and just thanking God for this extra time. And here's the thing. I think it's very important also to have other mothers that you could vent to. But at the end of your conversation, it's not ending up in co-misery. You two are just complaining about how vent is even the wrong word. I think it's because I think confide or confess to one another. Sometimes you should be able to say, "Hey, I'm having a really hard time," and then you have a friend that's it. Well, let me pray for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I oh, what was it during the quarantine? Ariana was just having a hard day, just full on two year old tantrums, and I was getting so frustrated. And I'm not an angry person. So I think that was something that was really hard for me is I'm not an angry person. Why am I feeling so angry? And I just started crying and I confessed that to Natalie. And instead of her being like, oh my gosh, I know, me too. And then my kid's awful. Like it becoming this co-misery thing. She acknowledged how I felt, put her hand on me. I hear you. I know it can be so hard. But then she prayed for me. And to have somebody in my life and the rest of the day, Ariana and I had the best time. She wasn't any better behaved. It's just that I was able you to... You had a measure of grace. Because, yeah. Well, and it's... Um, for me, it's the opposite. It's pride. So I won't... I'll just be like, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then it's like blowing up. And you're like, um, your house is on fire. Like... Yeah. And do you, you know... Do you feel like as... And I don't know if birth mothers feel this. Do you feel as an adoptive mother that you almost feel guilty if you complain? 
because you yeah. waited so long for this child and you prayed so hard for this child and you wanted this child more than anything. So then you feel so guilty. No, if I you know complain. it for sure. There's people we both know that say, well, you chose this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and um, it kind of makes me mad. It's like, yes, I chose this and I was intentional, but it doesn't make it easier. If anything, it makes it harder. Like, mm-hmm. be the, 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 no one chooses adoption because it's easier. Like, oh, you didn't have to give birth. Like, thank goodness, because birth sounds really scary. Scary, but you amazing like, oh. women who go through it. Um, but I'm still losing the baby weight. <laughs> I'm just like, give birth. But um, no, it's I. Yes, we chose it. Yes, we worked very hard. Yes, this is the best thing that has ever happened to me. I mean, but like, short of becoming a Christian, I. I even like was when I was like, was my wedding day or the day I got my daughter? I can't remember which one was better, honestly, because I love her so much and she makes me so happy and she brings so much joy to my life. But some days it's very hard and I and it's a heavy, heavy burden to carry alone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes husbands don't get it. And that's why I think I think God designed us to be in community with women. We're supposed to come around the well and help each other draw water. We're supposed to um, spend time with one another. You know, just folding our laundry. Like my, some of my best times with friends is I'm over at their house and they're folding laundry and we're just chatting. Mm-hmm. And or you know, I'm that's me too. I like somebody to just sit there and have me fold laundry and talk to me. It's like, like can you just come over and walk and like hang out with me while I do yeah, my chores? Yeah, you don't have to help me with my chores. I just need somebody to talk to while I do them. Well, but back in the day, that's what women had. They did have and they lived their villages were smaller yeah and they lived in generational households a lot of the time so you would have maybe your mother-in-law living with you which i don't know how i feel about that now but no i have a really great mother-in-law but well i i feel like you know as an adoptive mom that i couldn't ask for that like if i had given birth to a baby I, you know, I could say, you know, I'm recovering, my body's recovering. But when I adopted a baby, I didn't even feel like I could ask for help because I wasn't, and obviously I had that parasite and was physically going through a lot of health issues because of it. But finally, my mother-in-law kind of invited herself and said, like, I can tell you're having trouble coping. Like, not in a, and she wasn't being rude. She was totally doing it in love. And I was so, I like cried and said, thank you so much. Like, I, like, I wasn't coping and I Mm -hmm. needed help. And just because I didn't give birth to the child didn't mean that it was, you know, that it wasn't hard to transition and becoming a mom. Like, mm-hmm. it's not something that you, you don't have this magic, you mm-hmm. know, thing that happens. And we had years to prepare for it, you guys. Yeah, it was, it's just not like this flip that switches and like, oh, now I do believe that God. This flip that switches? This switch that flips. <laughs> what am I trying to say? I do believe that God anoints you and gives you the power and the ability to do what he's called you to do. Mm-hmm. So if you're a mama of twins, God gave you the ability to do that. If you're a foster mama, God gave you the ability. Even when I was fostering and I had five children at the time, and there was times where I didn't like to ask for help because I felt I couldn't because I chose this. And people would say, well, you chose to be a foster parent, so sorry. But my mother-in-law would come over. One time she came over and she just cleaned the whole house. And there was that part that felt kind of guilty. But I had to just let it go because I'm like, my grandma lived with us. And she would come upstairs. This my grandma and just clean the entire house. That was what I had the hardest time was, was keeping a clean house. Now I only have one kid, so it's pretty easy to keep a clean house. Mm-hmm. But back then, my house was always messy. And I had yeah. teenagers. And teenagers are the messiest living creatures on the planet oh you think gosh. a toddler's messy teenagers are like, so toddlers messy toddlers are gross how they're messy because they like leave a streak of like whatever was sticky on their hands <laughs> but teenagers are like after you stayed at our house one time the room the teenagers were staying in it was like a trundle bed and so i pushed the trundle bed back under and it was literally just like a blanket of candy wrappers i'm like you guys were here for three days how many candy wrappers there's like oh well, and it's so wrappers. funny because one time they were having a slumber party, so we had, because I had two teenage girls at the time, and both of them had their friends over, and it was so sweet. Like, I loved it. I loved having all those children there. I loved that my house could be a home that everyone wanted to come and hang out at. And the, all the littles had gone to bed. I was tired. I come out in the living room, and they have this full-on spread of chocolate cake and candy and zips hamburgers and french fries and they were watching a scary movie and they were laughing together and i was like oh hey girls but then did they clean up one ounce of no. it no then when i went to bed when and i did they gain any weight the next day no, no. and then Rude. when i came out the next morning the, my one-year-old and my five-year-old were like 
my gosh, it's like heaven. And they were like munching on French fries from the night before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, get away from here. And they're like eating chocolate cake. Like, hey, this that would is cool. Be such a weird <laughs> dynamic to have older kids and younger kids. I don't know. I um, know, especially when they wake up in the morning, you hear them out in the living room like, okay, they're up. What are they doing? Oh, they're eating last night's leftover cake. chocolate cake and french fries because these teenagers didn't clean it up. Mm-hmm. But Well, ladies, there is hope. If mm-hmm. Satan has a plan, God also has a plan. So Satan's plan is to, to divide us, to divide us, show us how we're different, show us how we're, we can't be together. God's plan is to unite us, bring us together. So if you are not a part of a local church, I know there's church hurt. I know that it's hard. Mm-hmm. Even if you have to try 20 churches, don't give up because the best thing you can do is be a part of a church body. And no church is going to be perfect. No church is going to have exactly the 20 things you're looking for. But if you could, like our church has genuine people. And maybe I, you know, I'm, I, that's the thing that kept me coming back is mm-hmm. these people are real. They are not phony. They tell you like it is. They're not judgmental. They're not judgmental. Like, we're all in this together. So get a good church um, that preaches the Bible. And the Bible, like, is pretty clear that we're supposed to go to church and be together. And be in community. And it's not for a religious person, a religious purpose to check off some boxes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I go to church. I read my Bible. I pray. It's really for that community. The and iron then sharpens it's so iron. so beautiful to watch my children when they see their friends from church all run together. It's so beautiful to see these teenagers that grew up in this church together. And why wouldn't you want that for your kids? Well, even like just the protection of a church. Like, um, I'm trying to think of it. It was one of the kids was starting to run off. And one of the dads, who it wasn't even his kid, grabbed the kid and brought him back. And it's like, oh, we're all in this together. And I think Mm -hmm. if that happened at the park, someone might be a little angry. You know, like, Mm -hmm. why'd you touch my kid? But in the church, it's like this safe, you know, obviously you never, like, just let your kid run wild. You're like, oh, the church will watch him. But, you know, like, (laughs) you know, be smart and be, like, be, you know, um, be intelligent about it. But, yeah, just, and then you can kind of, it's not for comparing. It's for, like, oh, so I noticed that this other mom had a similar situation to me I can be like what did you do when your kid like would not take their fingers out of their mouth and then Mm -hmm. they have all these ideas and I'll be like how'd you get all these ideas she's like well so and so you know that's Mm -hmm. discipleship pouring into the next generation well yeah it's important to find a church that has a good mom's group Mm -hmm. and a diverse mom's group if they all have the same opinions and the same all that I mean I feel for me what's important is salvation is black and white and other things you can interpret, you know. But I feel like if you find a church that preaches the gospel and you have that moral code of Jesus came to die for Jesus came and died for our sins, and so we are forgiven. I feel that's the main thing that you want a church to believe. But the biggest thing, what I love about our moms group, is that they all have different opinions. We have some that vaccinate our kids, some that don't, some that sleep trained our kids some who still have their seven-year-old sleeping in adoption foster care step kids um older kids had two kids and then waited 10 years and had two more kids yeah some people that had six kids like bang 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 single moms you know Mm -hmm. multi-family generational i just i feel like you need that diversity so you can come together and you can even from different cultures like Mm -hmm. different um we have uh we share our church with an African church, and so we get to get a lot of those cool cultural things too. But then also just people move here. It seems like our area is getting more diverse. Yeah. Thank goodness. And, then, and I loved from our mom's group, we all met in a parking lot during quarantine. And one thing that filled my heart is one was talking about how she sleep trained her kids, and another one was saying like, oh, yeah, I had mine next to me because in my first kid I sleep trained him. I didn't, you know, but there was no judgment. We were able just to pour out and say, well, I had to do what I had to do, you know. But and what did our friend say that just, it uplifted me the most? It's like, well, if you could go back, what do you regret the most? And she said, I wish I would have prayed more. And I think mm-hmm. that is one of the biggest ways to, like, combat loneliness. Because when you're praying, then God can open up some creative ideas for you to not First of all, God should, no human can satisfy that loneliness. Your husband can't do it. Your mm-hmm. church can't do it. It has to be met in God first. But then I think God also gives us tools. So, like, um, we talked about having a good church, having a good mom's group. Um, That's so important. It's harder for working moms, I will tell you that. So maybe you can find someone that meets on an evening or weekend, which is harder. But um, I 
in a mom's group who does something edifying. If you're in a mom's group that gets together on Saturday night and goes drinking, mm, or complains, not, or, or yeah, are just very negative. If you notice, you're in a group and the mothers are just living in co misery and there's no solutions and there's no and our kids are jerks. If you're in a group where people say their kids are jerks, yeah. kids aren't jerks; they're little children. Like mm-hmm. you know, so that that really bugs me. And even like the mom's groups you might choose on Facebook. Like, be, be so careful. careful. I, we've had to edit some of that. And, and yeah, so, I just got off the mom's group on Facebook because all these moms were just tearing each other apart. And it's just like, come mm. on, people. We need to we need to be there for each other. Motherhood is hard. Yeah. And Rachel had another good idea how just starting your day a certain way. Oh, yeah. So I listen to worship. The first thing I do is I say, Siri, play my worship playlist on shuffle. And it's so cute because now Ariana will be like, Siri, play worship playlist on shuffle like (laughs) she'll ask siri now and so and it's the most precious thing to hear my little girl like while she's taking a bath and i'm doing my makeup for her to say like way maker miracle worker and so it starts both of our days off with that you might Mm -hmm. not have time in the morning to read your bible you might not have time to pray but you have to get ready you have to brush your teeth you have so if you're doing that in the morning just turn on some worship Mm -hmm. and at least spend that time with god and so you are starting your day off I notice if I reach for my phone and I start my first beginning moments of waking up on Facebook or on Instagram, that it kind of changes the tone for my day. Yeah. So we're kind of getting here on time, but yeah, and I know some of you are still in quarantine, so luckily our state is starting to open up and things, but... Um, Yeah, we're almost in phase four, so... Yeah, so I mean, it is harder, and even our mom's group hasn't started up again. There's no small groups, you know, so we are still missing our time together. Um, there are really cool apps like Marco Polo, which is like a video sharing app. And it's it's kind of like real time seeing your friends face to face. Don't put your makeup on. Just do it in your like sweats. Do Just Marco Polo your friend and be like, hey, you know, you got a baby with you. You know, hey, this is what baby and I are doing today. It is hard to, um, it's it's hard to do it and it's harder to do it alone Mm -hmm. but it's hard to get out there and put yourself out there. well that's one of the things you know we are code red rebels that's what our big weight loss and i finally am one because i did a 10 pound takedown challenge Mm -hmm. but choose your heart they always tell you choose your heart it's hard to be overweight it's hard to um have to ask for a seatbelt extender at the airport those are all hard things it's hard to not be able to fit in your clothes just like it's hard to get up in the morning and exercise. It's hard to choose to eat healthy. It's hard. It's just one of those choose your hearts. It's going to be hard to be at home alone all day. Or it's going to be hard to get your kid up, get them in a car seat, get them ready. And you know what? They don't have to look perfect. You don't have to have them all with bows in their hair and the nicest outfit you can find. If you just need to get them out of the house as a hot mess, get them out of the house. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like uh, especially during quarantine, we finally got to the place where I said, Okay, just let's just get in the car and drive around because we just couldn't look at the same walls over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I I think God designed us to be like it, it says in the Bible that like um, the diligent leads to like base. I'm paraphrasing, but diligence leads to riches, as haste leads to poverty. And I was like, ooh, you know, um, we don't want to. The plans just... of the diligent lead to profit. So surely as haste leads to poverty okay rachel has it written on her vision board so but yeah i have it on my vision board too so it's like um sometimes you just got to get out there and be doing things because god didn't make us to be like idle we have to that's why you know sometimes we need to slow down and rest but um i think even our kids that's why they felt it during quarantine they were like why aren't why aren't we going and and doing the things we need to do one day ariana was just sitting on her slide and she goes Nothing is happening today. Nothing is happening today. She's so cute. She sings like her whole life. She'll be like, she'll be like, Remy, their cat is going up the stairs. Like she (laughs) She narrates her life. Well, Uh, even just doing fun things too to help combat the loneliness. And this is one thing with social media, you have to be careful. Ariana and I have been making videos. We had a tea party and we recorded ourselves being super silly having a tea party and she loved it. And I go, I'm Rachel. And she goes, I'm Ariana. Mm -hmm. Or I've gotten back into my music and I've recorded some music again. And we recorded a makeup tutorial. My daughter's three now. She just turned three. We went and got makeup from the dollar store, and then we recorded a makeup Probably tutorial. Probably had lead in it. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> but it was really funny, and we had fun together. It kept her occupied for a good hot minute, and 
We had so much fun together. There's all yeah. those little things you can do. So at the end of the day, loneliness happens to everyone. Moms struggle with it too. Um, we gotta gotta find our worth in God. And then our second, if there was just two things, it was, you know, find it in God. And then second, find like He, He made us to be with friends. He mm-hmm. made us to be in community. And um, you know, no, increasingly, yeah, increasingly, our culture has become. You know, this is just a really quick anecdote to leave us with is houses built, you know, even 30, 40, 50 years ago and older, um, bedrooms were really small and then living areas and common areas were big. Now, if you go to a new house, the bedrooms are huge. They have cable pickups. They have TVs in every room mm-hmm. and the living rooms are smaller. And wow. as a culture, we're even inside our own homes dividing our families. And sad? it's like, it's sad. So God created us to be in community as hard as it is. Let's, let's do that. And if you notice someone who's lonely, like reach out to them, even if it's a text message, like, you know, let's do this together or invite people to things. I think mm-hmm. some people feel a little, and this is so out of my comfort zone, but you know, there was a girl at church that started coming and one of the older ladies in our church said, Hey Rachel, why don't you? She noticed she was a single mom and she said, why don't you go up to her and ask ask her how she's doing and get her phone number and hang out with her. And I was like, what? That seems weird. Like, I never met this girl. But stepping out of your comfort zone and saying, hey, I noticed we have kids the same age. Why don't we take each other's numbers down and we'll try to make an effort to get together. And you might have just made your new best friend. You, you never know. know. Well, now you you're know. my best friend. You're my best friend. <laughs> Sorry, best friend slot is taken but you can be my second best friend no but yeah god is good if we reach if we call out to him he will um provide yeah, us step out of your comfort zone and the worst thing they can do is reject you like that's horrible i know like but i don't want to hang out with you but like sorry i was gonna go to the splash pad but i guess you don't want to go yeah so yeah keep it simple um we love you guys thank you so much for listening i know this is a little bit long Um, But I feel like it was kind of a catch-up. We are going to try to be more consistent now that I've got my feet under me as a mom. Yeah, I've got everything figured out. She's doing awesome as a mom, by the way. She's doing so awesome as a mom. I I love it. It's it's just a learning curve. Anyone who, if you have a six-month-old, that's how long I've had my daughter at home with me is six months. And it's been a crazy ride, and God is so good. But it's a thing. It takes work, and it takes learning. So, But, um, yeah, keep listening. We love you. Anything else, Rachel? No, I think that's good. You covered it. We love you guys so much. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.